Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, May 2, 2022. This is the 26th month of with Italian News. Yesterday was an important day in the fight against Covid in Italy. The Italian government dropped practically all requirements for the Green Pass, the digital certificate proving the holder has been vaccinated, tested negative or recovered from Covid. The lifting of these restrictions also includes those relating to the so-called Super Green Pass, which can only be obtained by those who have been vaccinated or recovered from Covid. The Super Green Pass system will, however, remain in force until the end of 2022 for those visiting hospitals and nursing homes, as well as for healthcare workers and employees of care homes. When it was first introduced last June, the Italian Green Pass was designed primarily to allow people to attend large events, such as weddings or to visit nursing homes. However, its scope was expanded progressively by the Italian government to protect Italy from the new waves and the new Omicron variant. Also from yesterday, the obligation to wear masks does, not, does no longer apply in restaurants, bars, shops, supermarkets, gyms, swimming pools, wellness centers and museums. Until June 15, though, masks will continue to be required on all forms of public transport, in hospitals and nursing homes, in cinemas and theaters, at concerts and indoor sporting events, and in schools and universities. Unfortunately, often when data about Italy are released, they are negative. When they come in all at once, it makes a bit of an impression. Last week, somewhere released that are worrisome. Italy's calendar and seasonally adjusted GDP fell by 0.2% in the first quarter of 2022 with respect to the previous three months. <clears throat> anyway, this was better than the estimate of a contraction of 0.5% given in the Italian government's economic blueprint. Another data recently re released shows that Italy's annual inflation rate for April is 6.2%, very high, even if the trend says that it is finally going down from 6.5% in March and that it is the first fall in the annual inflation rate after nine months of rises, Italy has not had an inflation rate at these levels since 1991. A third set of data says that Italian salaries dropped by 8.3% in real terms between 20, 2010 and 2020, 8.3% in 10 years. And in fact, the salary satisfaction of the job pricing observatory notes a general worsening of Italian opinions on one's salary and, more generally, on one's working conditions. 29% of Italian workers are, are actively looking for a new job. Italy is in third place in the world in this ranking, and the percentage reaches 38% in the 25-34 age group. But there is also an additional 24% of Italians who are considering doing so. There has already been a sharp increase in the number of resignations from work, with a resignation rate of more than 3% in the last quarter of 2021. The phenomenon does not only affect young people, in fact, it is the over 50s who are most affected. It is not women who resign the most, but men. People do not leave their fixed jobs, the jobs of a lifetime, but mostly short-term contracts. It's not graduates who are fleeing. Uh, but people are living at all levels of education. Certainly the pandemic stress has had an impact. Just think of the plus 400% of resignations among doctors and nurses. But that's not the only explanation. 
Salary is still a deciding factor in job choice in Italy, but it is not the main reason why people decide to stay in the company where they are or live. Relationships with colleagues, collaborators and bosses are the most important factor in evaluating the current position. And work-life balance, work environment and job content are also key determinants for staying or leaving. According to this study, Italians are in the second place, second to last place, second to last place in the world among those who received the pay raise in the last year, in last place for distribution of benefits, and among the least facilitated by flexibility. 62% of them cannot choose how many hours to work, 60% where to work, and 50% when to work. And to end this block of news that should be given, even if I truly do not like to do so at all, because these are all, only black, uh, bad news, according to the European Agency for Statistics among the five European regions with the lowest employment on the continent, four out of five are Italian. They are Campania, Sicily, Calabria and Puglia, all in our south. The employment rate between the ages of 15 and 64 recorded in Sicily is 41.1% followed by Campania with 41.3%, Calabria with 42% and Puglia with 46.7%. Rates significantly lower than the European average of 68.4%. In the case of female workers, the situation worsens with just 29.1% in Campania and Sicily, the lowest figure in the whole U European Union. The average employment rate in our country is 58.2%, with peaks of 70% in the autonomous province of Bolzano in Trentino to Adige, but then it drops by almost 30 percentage points when only the south of Italy is taken into consideration. <coughs> in general, in the northwest of the country the employment rate is 65.9%, while in the northeast it is around 67.2%, levels that are decidedly more in line with European trends. Now, enough bad news. Here, here is some good news. Nearly, nearly 10 million passengers passed through Italian airports last March, a number that is getting closer and closer to pre-pandemic volumes, although it still remains 30% 30, 30 lower than in the same month of 2019. But these figures hide more than one surprise. One above all, some airports in southern Italy recorded even higher volumes than pre-COVID. Going into more detail, we can appreciate, compared to March 2019, the excellent performances of the airports in Crotone and Calabria, Cuneo and Piedmont, Perugia and Umbria, Alghero and Sardinia, Lampedusa and Trapani in Sicily. But analyzing the large airports, which therefore count on important volumes, the Apulian airports of Brindisi and Bari and the Sicilian one of Palermo do even better than the pre-COVID period. <coughs> On the other hand, not as good as uh, are the performances of the airports that re relied heavily on inter intercontinental traffic, such as the two in Rome and the two in Milan, given that long-haul routes are still limited. The improvement in Italian airport numbers can also be seen in the European context. In the range of airports between 10 and 25 million passengers per year, Bergamo Airport was the best in Europe in terms of recovery rate of pre-COVID volumes, followed by Catania and Naples. The same applies to Palermo, that in the block of airports between 5 and 10 million passengers per year is second in Europe. And moving to a different topic, another record for Sicily comes from the small town of Geraci Siculo in the province of Palermo, 2,000 inhabitants, with 91.84% yes, is the first Italian municipality for willingness to organ donation. It is not a occasional record, but it has a name and surname, Marta Minutella. 
Marta was an 11-year-old girl struck down by fulminant leukemia in March last year. Her father and mother had given her their consent to the donation of the girl's organs, but it was not possible because of the pathology that caused her death. That tragedy determined the turning point among the citizens of Gerashi Siculo, which has always been among the Italian municipalities with the highest percentage of blood donors. After Marta's death, the small village has seen its citizens engage in a race of solidarity by giving consent to organ donation and has thus managed to climb in 12 months almost 6,000 positions in the national rankings and to conquer the top. Now, you may have noticed, maybe, that in this episode of With Italian News, I have not yet mentioned the war in Ukraine. Italian newspapers and televisions uh, and radios have been full for 60 days now of really horrible and worrying news and words and images and, f and footage coming from Ukraine. There are, however, three very small, just symbolic news that show how much the solidarity of Italians is perceived even in a country under attack, geographically distant from Italy, but today in the heart of all Italians. The first piece of news does not concern an Italian action of today, but a typically Italian tradition that has reached even the war zones in Eastern Europe. The Neapolitan tradition of the suspended coffee, il caffè sospeso, the one for which one takes a coffee at the bar but pays for two, leaving one paid for those who cannot afford it, has also arrived in Kiev. Resistance in Ukraine is also done by leaving a paid coffee at the bar, a gesture of solidarity that was born in Naples and arrives in Kiev to thank the soldiers and civilians who have armed themselves to oppose the advance of the Russian armies. After all, the story of the Neapolitan suspended coffee was born at the time of the Second World War. Another moving news concerns Lombardy and more precisely Bergamo, the beautiful Italian city most affected by the Covid at all. The mayor has proposed a sister city program of his city with the Ukrainian city of Bucha, where horrendous crimes against humanity have been discovered against its citizens by Russian soldiers, with mass graves and bodies of civilians abandoned in the streets. The program will allow Bergamo to help rebuild its sister city when this horrible and senseless war is over. And in fact, the most famous of the many merits of Bergamo and its citizens is precisely that of having a huge tradition of workers and artisans skilled in working with their hands to build and rebuild. The third and last piece of news of hope, these are small pieces of hope, remember, uh, concerns Kirill, a nine-year-old Ukrainian boy who plays the violin and became famous for a video in which he played it with courage and talent inside a bunker while above ground his city was being bombed. Kirill was able to escape from Ukraine and become uh, one of the 100,000 refugees from his country who found help in Italy, where he and his family were welcomed in a small town, also in Lombardy, in the province of Cremona. Now remember, Kirill plays the violin and Cremona is the world capital of the violin. It is here that Antonio Stradivari, the most famous violin maker in history, was born. For Kirill, this is a dream come true and to welcome him and his family in a house was Xenia Forte, a woman born in Russia and then emigrated to Italy where she married an Italian and is a well-known photographer. Together, Italy, Russia and Ukraine with solidarity and love, united by art, against the horror that for two months has shocked all people of good sense all over the world. That's all for now, that's all for today. I'll see you next Thursday. Please stay safe, please take care, please continue to protect yourself. My name is Umberto Mucci, this was with Italian News. Ciao from Rome.